What does an American soul singer, a fish sandwich, and a dock of a bay have in common? Today's episode of the Booterverse. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 31 of the Booterverse. We are excited you're with us today. We have in the studio American soul singer Brian Owens, and we couldn't be happier. Judy Scheinbaum is going to answer some of his questions, and of course we have some Booter thoughts for you, all on today's episode of the Booterverse. Booter. Today's episode of the Booterverse is brought to you by Remote Controls. Remote Controls. It's not control unless it's remote. And now for news in my orbit. Pope Francis, a.k.a. the Party Poper, is back in the news for once again raining on everybody's parade. And this time, his motivation is a bit fishy. The pontiff has taken a hard line against fast food eateries like McDonald's and Arby's, who are offering special deals on fish sandwiches during Lent, warning the faithful that they might imperil your soul. In a communique from the Vatican, he told the masses not to let meatless Fridays be an excuse for wanton consumption of value cod. The statement went on to condemn the practice of selling two fish sandwiches for $5 or less. Said a papal insider, it's an unreasonable temptation to excess. It's a slippery slope. You start off with two, and you wind up with four, maybe six, and the next thing you know, you're greasy and passed out on the bathroom floor. Going on fish benders like these, the Pope says, are counter to the spirit of Lent as a time of sacrifice and moderation. Further, the Church admits to having suspicions that tartar sauce is actually an instrument of the devil. In light of that, we can't be sure there is any safe level of consumption of this condiment that would preserve your mortal soul from harm, says the Vatican. If one must consume fish during this time, it is suggested that you try some malt vinegar or a spritz of lemon instead. And for those who have already overindulged, Pope Francis has this advice. Consult with your priest or other religious leader for guidance, and if you need a fast food Friday option, try Burger King's Veggie Burger. It's meat-free, not cheap, and should be penance enough for a lifetime. Turning to music news, musical group Nickelback is used to getting no love, but this time, they're suing. After the release late last year of the torture report, several groups have taken the U.S. government to task for using their music as a tool of psychological warfare against terror detainees. But while most groups have been upset that their music was identified by the CIA as worthy of inflicting grievous mental harm, Nickelback are up in arms because they were passed over once again. Nobody likes our music, drummer Daniel Adair said of the slight. It's bad enough when some kid in Jersey disses your art, but when the C-I-freaking-A blows you off like that, man, it hurts. He went on to say that the group was denied the opportunity to stand alongside musical legends like Prince, Neil Diamond, and the theme song from Sesame Street. And that just sucks. It's the last straw. You get used to being crapped on by the Grammys, but when not even your own government shows you love, how can you go on? Adair, who then jumped up and ran sobbing from the room, wasn't able to finish his statement. The band's suit, filed last week, alleges the snub has caused them serious psychological anguish and has halted progress on the recording of their next album. Counsel for the government, however, is confident that this will be an open-and-shut case. 
If Nickelback calls it quits, it could be the government's greatest achievement ever. And there is already talk of numerous humanitarian awards and potentially a Nobel Peace Prize for CIA Director John Brennan. Already sensing the public relations goldmine, the IRS has unveiled new advertising for tax time. Quote, the U.S. government, when you're tired of just getting a nickel back. In the world of cinema, out-of-work actor Keanu Reeves is once again out of a job. This time, he is unemployed after having been let go from his position as a tour guide at a Swiss art museum. Apparently, he had but two responsibilities, to don a smart navy blazer with crisp white piping and educate museum-goers about the life and the work of 19th-century painter Paul Gauguin. Several of Gauguin's paintings are on display at the museum and are the main attraction for its visitors. One of Reeves' fellow workers said of the actor's on-the-job performance, he was okay at it, I guess. People found him entertaining enough. But there was soon trouble in paradise when Reeves began telling his audiences that Gauguin's famous images were representations not of Tahiti, where the artist had his legendary sojourn, but of the Matrix. He claims the Matrix is real, but older than the movies claim, and that Gauguin was the original Morpheus. He was telling tour groups that's why the colors in the paintings are all weird, and why the people look kind of, well, messed up. Gauguin could see inside the Matrix and was trying to warn people, Reeves' co-worker continued. The museum was tipped off to the problem when they started receiving emails from people who had taken Reeves' tour, wanting to know where they could find more information. The museum's other workers don't know why their employer had a problem with this, as the public was finally not bored by art history. And grad students the world over will have a rich field to mine for their theses for decades to come. Hopefully Reeves won't be out of work for long. And here at the Booterverse, we hear there's a shortage of bus drivers in Spain. And that's been it for News in My Orbit. Today's episode of the Booterverse is brought to you by Airhorns. Airhorns. It's like a bullhorn, but with less bull. It's now the time in our show where our guest asks Judy Scheinbaum some questions in a segment we like to call The Last Lung with Judy. Judy, the show is yours. Thank you, Emery. It's so good to be back on the show. I am just loving this. Oh my goodness, Brian Owens, are you a breath of fresh air? I hear you have some questions for me. Shoot, sweetheart. So, my dear, where are you from? Well, I'm actually from Long Island. A lot of people don't know that. And, uh, you know, I just love living my life. Where do you get that lovely, smooth voice from? Sweetheart, it's actually from a pack of Paul Malls about a thousand times over, over decades of living and loving. Do you work out? Sweetheart, thank you for noticing. You are a gem. In fact, I do. I know I have my moo on right now, but I want you to know that beneath this is a svelte figure, and I think people know. What I think, you know, a little support hose goes the long way. Okay, I'm still stuck on the moo thing. Okay, so... It's all right, sweetheart. They don't bite you. You know, you're going to be fine. It's just a fashion. It's a choice, sweetie. Well, it's a choice. Well, the colors are quite amazing. I mean, who would think to put red, purple, green, blue, neon, and brown in the same outfit? Well, you know, my good friend Bob Marley loved those colors, and so today is a little bit of an homage to him. Oh, you're a Marley fan. Sweetheart, I haven't met some reggae I haven't loved, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite Bob Marley song? Oh, I can't even... Sweetie, he's gone now. Next! Okay, Bob Marley or Bruce Springsteen? Oh, I love the boss, I'll tell you what, but you know, who can argue with the dreads? No one can. Marley all the way. Really? Of course. 
I mean, I love the boss. I mean, he's from, but he's from New Jersey. Oh, that's not Long Island. No, uh-uh. You're not from Jersey? No, sweetheart. You're from Long Island. Long Island, it's the place to be. It's like Jersey, but nicer. Isn't it the same place? I don't like to talk about it, but no, it's not the same. Different city. It's a different state. We're in New York. New Jersey is um, beneath us. Are you married? I was once. Well, five times, actually. I have a daughter out of one of those marriages, and I feel like marriage just wasn't one of those things that I could do very well. But, you know, it's, it's fine. Which of your husbands was your favorite? Oh, my. Well, they all had some special talents, if you know what I mean. Um, three was good. Number three. Number three. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, number three. What's your daughter's name? Her name is Eliza. She's a lovely person. Hey, are you are you married? I'm very married. Oh, she's single. I've been looking to match her up with somebody, but, you know, you're not Jewish, are you? Well, it depends on how you look at it. Well, I, I think there's only really one way you can look at it, actually. You either are, you're not. It's kind of like joining the mafia. You know, you're kind of part of the family, or you're not. I mean, Sammy Davis was Jewish. Sammy was a special person. I think we all have come to know that. He was one of the gems. And he was a Jew. He was a lot of things, sweetie, and, you know, we loved him for it. He could be, you know, I could be a proselyte. He could be, you know. I mean, it's fa- it's possible. You know, I'm not, it's your path. I'm just here <laughs> saying, you know, for my daughter... You know, I can't have Goyim just running around the house. Okay, you're going to have to hit me. What's Goyim? Oh, I don't want to hit you, sweetie. Look at me. I mean, with, with arms like this, I might knock you into the next block. I'm sorry. I need to enunciate. Hip. Oh, I'm sorry. Hip? Oh, you want me to hip check you? Sweetie, I haven't been on the dance floor forever, but mm-hmm. I'll uh, cut a rug with you. Oh, so you need a dictionary. No, I'm saying enlighten me. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Your lingo, it's so hip, it's so cool. I, it just went over my, you know, my bouffant. Over the moo-moo. Indeed. Well, a lot of things go under it, too, I'll tell you that. Now, the thing about it is this. A goyim is a person who's a Gentile or a non-Jew. So that would be me. Perhaps. If you're not Jewish. You're not Sammy, are you? Are you the second incarnation of Sammy Davis Jr.? Not that I know of. Hmm. Wait, I would know that. You probably. I don't know. I'm Who not. knows? No, I'm not. I'm definitely not. Okay. I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not Jewish. Okay. Although my hero is a Jewish carpenter. Oh, who's that? I know some wonderful people down at Lehman's. They are great. And I tell you, they could make a cabinet out of anything. I once had them pull the wreckage of a, a tugboat out of the sound. And I tell you what, they made me a nice little ocean. It's beautiful. Not quite. Oh. You're a very interesting person. Uh, people have said that, you know. Did they say it running away? Sweetie, nobody runs away from me. I'm like a huggable teddy bear. People just flock to me like, I don't know, cotton candy machines. Do you, you like cotton candy? Love it. Do you like cotton candy? Not so much. Mm. Mm. Do you like lunch meat? Oh, Brian, I haven't met a piece of lunch meat I haven't loved. Well, Have you ever been to Nathan's? We get a lovely little salami. It's beautiful. Mm. Is that lunch meat? That's like real lunch meat, though, right? Oh, well, I mean, lunch meat, it's got, I mean, you know, it's not in a package, if that's what you mean. Yeah, not Lunchables or... No, no preservatives. We don't believe in them. Are you kosher? If you ask my rabbi, absolutely. <laughs> so no, so so no bacon for you. Brian, you're in, you're in, you're in interesting territory right now, my friends. I would say no, I don't eat bacon, just like I don't smoke Pall Malls. 
So we're coming to the part of the interview. Let's let's do one more question from you, my friends. What's it gonna be? Make it a good one. Make it a doozy. What do you think of Booter? Oh my God, I love him. He is a gem. I mean, this is, I would not be me without him. He, his hair rivals my own. I don't know how he gets it so high, but he's a gem in that beard. It rivals an Italian woman's upper lip. It's beautiful. I mean, he just does such a great job with the show. I love him. I think you have a much better mustache though. Oh, stop it. You're a gem. Wait a minute. Well, that's been it for the last lung with Judy. We'll be right back right after this. Mwah! Today's episode of The Booterverse is brought to you by Toothpicks. Toothpicks, it's the deviled egg's equivalent to a sword. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Booterverse. I am sitting here with American soul singer Brian Owens. Brian, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure, sir. You have been compared to the second coming of Marvin Gaye. How do you feel about that? I don't know. I mean, it's definitely nice to hear. That's pretty big comparison though considering Marvin Gaye is probably the greatest soul voice of the 20th 21st 22nd 23rd centuries what is soul music haha <laughs> philosophical no I'm just asking I think I hear that a lot as one does and I think it's probably a lot bigger than people think yeah I think soul music you can look at it maybe one of two ways you can look at it as a genre which if you look at it as a genre you're looking at the mix of gospel jazz and blues so you get it musically in the you know in the aesthetic of ray charles who really brought it out musically vocally you get it in folks like sam cook you know and definitely marvin and otis i think that there's a bigger meaning of soul music which spans and transcends genre that's why for me folks like like luciano Pavarotti was a soul singer to me mm. right johnny cash was a soul singer to me Mm. So from that standpoint, I think you can look at soul music as being much broader than just a genre. To me, it's just a method. It's a mode of communication. Now, you have taken music from Ferguson to Japan, all over the world. How has music transcended national boundaries for you and, and impacted your life? I think music for me kind of puts me in a a mindset of really being able to see people as people in that when I experience the reactions of people regardless of their race or their ethnicity or what language they speak and they respond to the music the same way so when I was in Japan I did a 70-minute show, no music that they knew. It was all original music. But the response was amazing. And they actually sang along with songs. And I was still able to facilitate an experience that in many ways is very spiritual. And all of us be in the same place, in the same mindset in terms of our humanity. Like for me, that's like, pretty major thing so these Japanese individuals were singing along to songs that they had never heard before yeah like I'd say sing this they sing it wow that's it was, really it was, it was awesome it was awesome like it it blew me away I mean I, I was in Japan last year and the same kind of thing happened but like this time it was it was it was totally different it was, just, it was, it was totally different 
How long were you in Japan when you were there? Just a short tour? Or, I mean, it was like five days. So it was just long enough to get screwed up in mm-hmm. time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Was coming back worse for you oh, than man. going over? Yeah. Always is. Yeah. Always yeah. is. That took five days. But, sir, you worked on one of your first albums for five years. Is that correct? Five years on um, Moods and Messages? Yeah, I think it usually, like, most people who write music, mm-hmm. I mean, if they're like me, which they may not be, but it's rare that I, like, sit down and write an album. It's usually when I get ready to record, I'm recording things that have been ideas for years. So the whole T-Swift 1989, that's not your, your, your style? That's not how you approach music? I don't know. How does she approach that? Like a gem. Nice. I mean, come on. T-Swift just showed her navel. Did you see those pics? In 1989? No, no, see, she had been covering up. She said, I'm not going to show my navel, but she was apparently on holiday with some friends, and the paparazzi were following her around in a boat. Oh, on the yacht. Yeah, on the yacht, yeah. Well, you know. How often do you get to sing on a yacht? I thought you were going to assess me, how often do I show my navel? Mm, or that, how often do you show your navel, sir? Um, I don't. All right. Unless you're my wife. Brian... We have heard it here. Brian Owens likes to cover up. I appreciate your modesty, sir. Woohoo! Yes, modesty. Mm. So good. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, the ubiquity of Taylor Swift's music, I mean, she's everywhere. Ubiquity, that's a big word. It is a big word. Mm. But I've got a lot of hair to hide all that knowledge, so nice. it's, all, it's all good. If I knew what that word meant, I could respond more accurately. Mm. Ubiquity just means a lot. Nice. How mm. obtuse. Indeed. <laughs> Sometimes I have been described as being obtuse. Have you ever been described as being obtuse? I don't think so. I hope not. I probably was, though. You may have been. Mm. But I hate when people use language to, you know, well, I'm a comedian, so we, you know, use language all the time to sort of put people down. But I don't like to do it in a personal way. (laughs) I mean, no, of course not. I mean, why would you ever use language to put people down in a personal way? I I don't know. It's just business. It's just business. I'm just putting you down because I need to make money. Come on. I mean, I understand. I mean, you're lifting people up. You're serving beautiful music on beautiful China. Sir, you said you didn't want to serve bologna on China. What do you have against lunch meats? Besides the packaging? Sometimes that packaging can be rough. I know. I'm more of a, you know, non-lunch meat kind of guy. Mm. The preservatives? Is that what gets mm, you? Yeah. Mama don't play that in my house. Mm. Yeah. She keeps it on a tight ship? Yeah, no lunch meat for the kids. Wow. You are a bit of a, a foodie, I would imagine, because you uh, grow your own food, starting to grow your own food. Yeah, some of it, yeah. That's got to be an interesting adventure. It's awesome, and we take part in a CSA. and Sure. Describe CSA because we have it here. See, and right now, people can't see. I have on my Crave Lexington shirt. That's wonderful. See? I do see that. I'm That's down. amazing. I'm down. Talk to, talk to people about CSA for just a second. Why is it important? What is it? And how can people get involved? Well, it's basically individuals coming together mm. to share yes. in community agriculture. I love that. Wholesome, organic foods mm. from right down the street. Down the street. Yeah. You why, know? why do I feel like I'm in a call and response meeting right now? Mm. I feel like the gospel is being preached. Mm. Can you be the soundtrack for my life, sir? CSA. Mm. CSA. Mm, mm, mm. 
Oh, wow. That was a beautiful thing. But seriously, I love that these community organizations are taking agriculture and other things into their hands. And I I think it's great that you guys are a part of that. Yeah. And see, here's the funny thing. Like, you know, with all the things that were going on in Ferguson, like not a lot of people know about that stuff. Like literally, I live around the corner from the oldest organic farm in Missouri. And it's in Ferguson. Do you think Ferguson has been misrepresented in the national media? That's a tough one. I think that to say Ferguson has been completely misrepresented in the media, I think that would that would suppose that we were represented correctly at some point. I don't know. I think I think we're coming to um, certain realizations about our community, which doesn't make the goodness of our community any less true. Right. And I don't think it need, you need to presuppose that the community was necessarily represented right once upon a time. Right, right. But I think my question got to a broader picture of the fact that no one news story or even a series of news stories can really encapsulate a community and, and, and certainly doesn't focus on the good things oh, that are yeah. happening. I'll give you a perfect example of what the media gets wrong about Ferguson. I'm in the airport in New Jersey. I'm sitting down. CNN is on <laughs> great news network. Anyway, mm. CNN is on and I hear and I'm here downtown and this is the scene in downtown Ferguson. So the first time I hear it, I can't see it. So the second I say the next time that reel comes on, cause it's just the reel they play in and out of stuff. I'm going to go over there. Sure enough, I walk over there and I watch the reel. This guy is nowhere near downtown Ferguson. He's on West Florissant which is not downtown Ferguson. Hmm. Now, it isn't to say that there weren't issues in Ferguson, but if you're going to say that, make sure that it's accurate. Right. Yeah, there is a big problem because we do satire here on the Booterverse. Um, at the beginning of the show, we do we do satirical news. And, you know, we have to make sure, I mean, some of our stories are absolutely ridiculous and, and, and absurd, of course. But when we're doing some fake news, it has to be based on some some semblance of truth. Right. We have to fact check, you know, The Daily Show, um, Colbert Report when it was on. I mean, they fact checked all that stuff immaculately, because if you're setting up a joke, the foundation of that joke, there has to be truth to it or else the joke falls apart. Right. And so, you know, as, as somebody who takes satire very seriously and loves it. You know, we have to try to do our due diligence to make sure that we're providing, you know, accurate, you know, an accurate premise to hopefully a funny joke. I don't think we wrote one news story about Ferguson. I don't think we touched that at all because, you know, it's it's it was raw. You know, you can't get you can only get so close to something before you're going to just say something that's going to make a bunch of people upset. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I wish that more people when it came to Ferguson would before they responded, before they got involved, just check it out first. You know, just check it out first. Speaking of checking up, I wouldn't be doing my due diligence if I didn't ask, have you ever sung a song on the dock of a bay? Not that I recall. Mm. You should sit on the dock of the bay and sing a song. Bucket list. Bucket list. Why not? You know what? I would venture to say I would come and sing along with you on that dock of the bay. And waste some time. Come on. Why would you not? Well, that's been it for our interview with American soul singer Brian Owens. We'll be right back right after this. Buddha. Today's episode of the Booterverse is brought to you by Tweezers. Tweezers, pulling that stray hair from a woman's upper lip since 1875. Buddha. And now for Booter Thoughts. It's always interested me that gas masks can take away the sting of sulfur, but seriously not the smell. 
What good does it do you if a gas mask can take away the sting of mustard gas, but yet you still smell like Grey Poupon? It makes no sense to me why you would invent a device that takes away the harmful effects, but not the odor. If they could only invent a gas mask that could take away the harmful effects of stepping into a Bath and Body Works, but also take away the aroma as well, I would be a happy person. I can't step into one of those stores without my head feeling like it's being taken over by a bunch of Martians. Oh sure, you say, just smell a can of coffee beans. What do I look like, Juan Valdez? I can't smell a can of coffee beans without feeling like I'm taking some indigenous person to task, and I'm not about that, because my fellow brethren who ride donkeys are okay with me. So for my money, let's get the scientists on a device that can let me step into an Abercrombie & Fitch store and not come out smelling like a prepubescent teenager. And that's been it for Booter Thoughts. Here at the Booterverse, we'd like to send a special thanks to Brian Owens for being on the show. We'd also like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Of course, we'd like to thank Courtney and Sonny, who help on the production side, and to Quadrants, who composed our theme song. If you haven't had enough of me here, I'm also everywhere on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the handle The Booter. And of course, we're also on Pinterest, because, you know, men should be on Pinterest? I know interstellar travel is a bit difficult, but the Booterverse is only a click away.